You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln audio podcast. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to uh, Mark chapter 6. And while you're turning there, Cammie, I want to ask you, um, have you ever gotten so busy in the, in the, I thought that was me, was it? <laughs> have you ever gotten so busy in the process of your day, um, just taking care of the demands of life that life presents you with, that sometime in the afternoon, maybe two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, you look back and you go, oh my goodness, I have been so busy today that I never even took time to eat a meal. Has that ever happened to you? It has happened. It has not happened since we've been stuck at home, but it has happened before, <laughs> yes. So, I, I have, I think that's true for all of us. Mm -hmm. We've all found ourselves where sometimes we're so busy that we look back. And it's like, I didn't even take time to eat today. And you couldn't tell that from looking at me, but it has happened. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting because uh, the passage that I want you to look at in Mark chapter 6, we find that this actually happened to the disciples. So I want to read two verses to you in just a moment, verses 30 and 31. But before I do, let me just give you a little context uh, of what is happening earlier in chapter 6. Um, Jesus has called the 12 disciples together. He's getting ready to send them out on a, an incredible uh, ministry uh, expedition. And uh, as he calls them together, he wants to give them some instructions. And the instructions are pretty simple. He says, travel light and confront uh, all the evil that you encounter. So with those instructions in mind, uh, the disciples set out two by two. And as they're out, uh, they do exactly what Jesus said. They, uh, they encounter evil. They cast out demons. Uh, they lay hands on the sick. The, uh, the, the, the blind receive their sight. The lame walk. And so then they come back and they're very excited to give Jesus a report about what's happened. And so then we read in verses 30 and 31. It says, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done. Then, because so many people had gathered around them, listen to this, they did not even have a chance to eat. And he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get rest. Did you catch that? He's, uh, the, the scripture says that so many people gathered around them, they didn't even have a chance to eat. In other words, they were so busy attending to the demands of the people that were coming to them that they weren't able to take care of one of the essentials of life, and that in this case happened to be eating. Now, I want you to think about something. How often do we get so busy with the demands of everyday life? That could be uh, family, marriage, uh, children, work, school, whatever it might be. How, how often do we get so uh, caught up in, in the demands of life that we actually miss uh, uh, the opportunity uh, the, uh, to, inert, to nurture some of the essentials that are necessary for our own uh, personal, uh, emotional, spiritual health? How often does that happen to us? Cammie, uh, you think that happens much? Is it, what's, what's the deal here? I think it happens a lot, and I think it happens even more now because there's this thing called the iPhone that when we do have a few moments, we're constantly looking at it. Um, there's a study that was recently done that said that the average iPhone user picks up their phone 2,617 times a day. Think about it. And I, and I thought, that's insane. I thought, that, that cannot be true. And I started paying attention to myself. And I'm like, I think that could possibly be true. So 26, so every spare moment that we did have, now a lot of times it's taken up with touching the phone, just so, touching the phone. And, and 
at first when I heard that, that I thought that, that couldn't be. And then I realized when I'm driving and I pull up to a stoplight, my phone's lame. I, I automatically pick up my phone. We can't even watch commercials anymore. You're like scrolling during commercials Actually, when you're watching I took, TV. I, know. I, I took the leap this week and I deleted uh, both Instagram and uh, Facebook apps from my phone because I realized I was spending too much time and I'll have to be really honest, I would get really mad when I was this <laughs> stuff. It was just, it was frustrating me to no end. And so I said, I, 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 don't, I don't need this. But it, it's, it's symbolic of there's something going on yeah. uh, around us. You know, uh, it'll come no surprise when I say this, but we've all been in a pandemic for several months now. We thought it would have ended by now. Um, and when I ordered this gator mask, uh, uh, it was said it was going to take two months to come. And I tried to cancel the order because I said, by the time it comes, I won't, we won't need mask anymore. Silly, <laughs> silly, silly me. Uh, and so here I am with it on today. Uh, so we're, we're, we're in this pandemic and, and it has consumed so many of our thoughts. But I want to say today that in the midst of the pandemic, there's a serious epidemic that is going on in our world. And that epidemic is called hurry sickness. And hurry sickness is simply characterized by a pattern of behavior that uh, is continual busyness and rushing and hurrying to get things done. That's characterizing so much of our life. Um, You know, for many, uh, and I'll give a disclaimer in a minute, for many, the quarantine actually had a positive effect on hurry sickness because uh, we were we were forced to come to a halt in most cases. Uh, we, everything was, the things that we normally did, we, we couldn't do anymore. And so we were forced to slow down, to rest, uh, to relax. And I don't know about for you, but we just started enjoying some of the very simplest pleasures of life, like taking a walk and, and looking at trees and flowers and animals. And it was just a whole different ball game because we were missing out on that because of, of hurry. Um, And so it had this positive effect. However, I have to give a disclaimer here because I recognize that for some, uh, one kind of hurry might have been exchanged for another kind of hurry. Mm -hmm. For instance, um, parents may have suddenly exchanged uh, the hurry of becoming homeschool parents, and you, you weren't accustomed to that, and trying to juggle work if you could work or work from home and all of those things. Or maybe it was... Uh, a teacher who had children and was responsible to uh, attend to online education for their students while making sure that their own children were doing their schoolwork. So I realized there could have been an exchanging of one kind of hurry for another, but in general, life slowed down and caused us to just to, to, to rest a little bit. Now, um, here's the challenge that we're faced with. We, we've slowed down. Uh, at least most of us. Um, and if we don't want to have a reoccurrence of that hurry, hurry sickness in our lives, it means we need a reset. We need a reset. We, we don't want to... The greatest thing that could happen is if we wouldn't continue life in hurry the way we had before. So we need a reset, and it's going to have to be a personal, uh, emotional, mental, spiritual reset in our approach to everyday life. But in order for us to um, have this reset, we have to grapple with some of the problems 
that are associated with hurry sickness. So we want to take just a few moments and uh, we want to talk to you about three of the problems associated with hurry sickness. And we're not just going to leave you with the problems, but we're going to give you some solutions too. So I'll start and I'll say, uh, one of the problems with hurry sickness is that hurry is a personal sickness. Think about that. It's, it's a very personal sickness. All of us are susceptible to it. None of us are immune to it. Um, any one of us could, uh, could suffer from hurry sickness. It's easily diagnosed, and I can help you diagnose it this morning. Uh, first, I would say simply put, hurry exists when you have too much to do, and the only way you can get it done is to hurry to do it. That's pretty simple, right? Uh, but let me give you a, a couple of symptoms uh, so you can begin to diagnose yourself. Um, if you're not sure whether or not you have hurry sickness, think about this. When you're at the store, any store, you find yourself moving from one checkout line to another, because it looks shorter or faster. And then that one always slows down when you do it. <laughs> or when you're driving, you find yourself counting the cars in front of you and getting in the lane that has the least amount of cars or that is going faster. Yep. Anybody do that? I think we kind of all do those things. So you might say, well, I don't know that that would qualify me for hurry sickness. So let me push a little deeper, okay? I'm gonna get maybe a little personal here. Let me give you a few more symptoms. Um, Irritability. You get mad, frustrated, or annoyed way too easily. Hypersensitivity. Ordinary problems of life have a disproportionate effect on your emotional well-being and your relational grace. It's pretty quiet in the room. <laughs> Restlessness. When you do slow down and try to rest, you just can't relax. Workaholism or nonstop activity. You just don't know when to stop. Emotional numbness. You lack the capacity to feel another person's pain. Out I would of say even or feel your own pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's really true. Out of order priorities. Everything, and I mean everything, becomes urgent. You don't know how to prioritize. Um, lack of care for your body. Lack of self-discipline or isolation. You feel disconnected from God, from others, and you actually feel disconnected from your own soul. Mm -hmm. So those are a few. How do you fare up on that list? I would say that if you uh, had a check mark by four or more of those symptoms that you probably um, are suffering from hurry sickness. And it's important to understand hurry sickness can sometimes, not always, but sometimes be a, a sign of something deeper going on inside of us. Like we might be running from something. We could be running from a childhood trauma. We could be running from fear of failure. Uh, we could be running from um, uh, poor self-esteem, poor self-worth, or it could be a sign uh, that we're um, running to something like a promotion at work or a bigger house or a faster car or that dream uh, of a lifetime experience. So we're running to that. Or it could be simply that we're just too busy. There's no deeper issues. We just have put too much on the plate. So that's the first problem. Uh, we have to realize that hurry is a personal sickness. Cammie, can you talk to us about a couple of other uh, symptoms? Sure. Yeah, problems. <laughs> problems. That's the word, problems. Uh, we're, we were like, let's just have a real good conversation today and take the pressure off. So you're probably going to see a lot of like, you know, mess ups today. Um, hurry is a cultural sickness. It really is. And I think that's perpetuated by social media. I think it's perpetuated by um, a competitiveness in our culture. 
Um, it's accepted and normal and a necessary way of the American life. You know, I, we have a lot of friends that live in the UK and they don't live at the phonetic pace that we do. They just don't. And it is a way of our American culture. And they scratch their head and wonder as they watch us. They do. They're like, you mean, what do you mean you only get two weeks vacation a year? And when I start, we get six. You know, they just, they don't get all why we do. I know. All We're all going to move to London, okay? <laughs> so, um, anyway, it's expected, and um, I think it's, we are pressured to do more and do more and do more. Um, and it feeds into the, our sickness because what happens is when we do more and more and more, what happens? We get acknowledged for that. We can put more pictures on social media. You know, we get, uh, we get more, likes. more likes. Yeah, that's huge. We can maybe get a promotion at, at a job, you know, whatever it is. But we are like just in this cycle. Of, I call it the crazy train. It's like we're on this crazy train of busyness. I've actually, it's really interesting when this topic came up and Stan said he was going to teach on it and he wanted me to help him because I've been on this two and a half year journey of discontinuing my love affair with her. I um, realized a couple years ago, we were actually at a retreat, a soul care retreat, and we were with 40 or 50 other pastors, and I really realized that weekend I had a problem. I realized I was addicted to adrenaline, and that I was just fighting this voice. I was telling Stan, I go, there's this voice in my head that's like, don't be lazy, don't be weak, don't be lazy, don't be weak. And he was like, that's your dad's voice. And when he said it, I'm like, that's true. I've been running with this book from this voice my whole life. Don't be lazy. Don't be weak. And I had this fear of being lazy. So with that, I'd become addicted to adrenaline just on this really um, unhealthy cycle. And I realized it was affecting my relationships with the people I love the most. And it was affecting my relationship with the Lord. Um, the journey that I've been on the conclusion I've come to is it takes great courage to say I'm going to get off this train. It takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of maturity and it like takes a lot of determination um, because it's countercultural. It's completely counter to our culture because our culture rewards us for this. It rewards us for the things we do and the accomplishments that we make. But God's culture is countercultural. And in God's culture, you know what? And I get emotional when I say this. Being a child of God is enough. I don't have to prove anything. I don't have to accomplish anything. Being God's child, being his daughter is enough. It's not in what I do. It's not in um, how dispensable I am or, or, or how busy or how full my social calendar is. It's just being his son and his daughter, son or his daughter. So that's the transformation. And when that shifts, when, like I said, it's been two and a half years, when that starts to shift, everything gets turned around. And I mean in a good way. It gets turned around in a really good way. Um, there's this scripture in Proverbs, whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. A lot of us have made haste with our feet and we miss our way. And as a result, we're missing out on our lives. Have you ever, um, have you ever like driven somewhere and when you get there and you pull up, you're like, oh my Lord, I don't even remember the drive here. How did I even get here? I mean, have you ever done that? 
that's how we're living our life. We're just zooming through it, and we don't even know what's going on in the, on the journey. We have no idea what we're missing. We're not engaged in being a child of God. Hurry has also become a root problem of a lot of the toxicity in our world. Um, there's a man, Richard Foster, who wrote The Celebrations of Discipline. It's a, it's a pretty uh, well-known book on Christian disciplines. He said, the new tools of the devil, I've memorized this, the new tools of the devil are muchness and manyness and noise and crowds and hurry. And he wrote that in the 70s. Wow. And I think, what must, must he think today? Um, there's also this doctor that I love by the name of Archibald Hart. Uh, he's a pastor and a uh, psychi psychiatrist, actually. And he said that we were created spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically. We were created to go at camel speed. But what's happened is we live in this lightning speed world, and that's why there's so much anxiety. That's why there's so much stress. That's why there's so much just general unhappiness because we're going at a speed that we were not created to go at. Um, and the problem is that this busyness keeps us from being healthy and it keeps us from being whole. Um, you know, I think about the greatest commandment. You know, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And to do that, it takes time. Love takes time. And hurry is a direct assault against love. Well, it's interesting in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter, right. what is it, is it love is it's patient. Love is painfully time-consuming. There's just no way around it. Love takes time, and it's the one thing that hurried people don't have. So if we're going to love well, we have to do something. We have to turn this thing, and we have to make an adjustment, or we're going to be in real trouble. Um, the next thing is hurry, and we've talked about this a little bit already, but hurry is the enemy of our spiritual life. It is. You know, I, I mentioned the soul care retreat that we went on. Uh, we were listening to all these pastors, and they were talking about their um, time with the Lord every morning. And they're just using this beautiful, this articulate verbiage about how beautiful it is to spend the time with the Lord and how they just sit with him and commune with him. And Stan and I looked at each other. I raised my hand and said, <laughs> can I just be really honest right now? I'm jealous. Because we're very militant. We're downright militant. You, you know, it's like we get up, we read our Bible, we journal, we pray, we go on with our day. And it's like we realize there's a problem There's a problem here. All those things are good, yeah. but they were just hanging out with God. Yeah, and it was okay to just hang out with God. You know, I don't know if you had a, a dad like I, I love my dad, but I don't know if you had a dad like that who was like, don't be lazy, don't be lazy, don't be lazy. Can I just say hanging out with God is not being lazy? Hanging out with God is the greatest thing that we could possibly do. And um, Corey Tim Boom says, if the devil, or said, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you hurry. And I, I, that really sticks with me. So if he can't make me, you know, in my legalistic mind, sin, he can certainly make me hurry. And I can be proud about it, huh? So we need to think about that in a different light. Hurry becomes a, becomes a sickness when we don't set boundaries 
and it becomes destructive when we fail to set margins. And one of the greatest tools that we need to learn is a little two-letter word that says no. And we need to learn to say no. You know, a lot of us have trouble um, saying no for different reasons. Some people don't like to say no because their personality because they uh, are afraid of conflicts. Other people don't like to say no because they like to help everybody. You know, um, me, it's like I don't want to say no because I, I really think I can do everything. And I really want to do everything, you know. And I see you laughing, Krista. <laughs> <laughs> same personality type. It's really hard. And so we need to learn to say no, to have those boundaries, to set those margins. When you talk about margins, think about a book. When you read a book, the wording doesn't go from edge to edge on the piece of paper. There are margins around it. Maybe you want to take notes or something, but there's a reason because we need margins. Because the bottom line is when we don't have the margins, we're not going to spend time with the Lord. We're not going to just learn to be with him. Uh, one of our mentors said to me one time, he goes, Kimmy, do you ever just like take a few moments in the middle of the day and just sit back and take a deep breath and, and say, oh, God, it's just so good to be your daughter. And when he said that to me, I remember looking at him and thinking, he might as well have been speaking Japanese. I mean, no, I, I don't do that. I don't slow down enough. And he's like, you need to slow down, Kimmy. You need to slow down and take those moments throughout the day. Um, a general um, principle that I have put in, in place in my life is my calendar needs to be less about where I have to be, and it needs to be more about who I want to become. So if everything on my calendar is about where I have to be, there's a problem. If I haven't also put in there who I, things that feed into me being who I want to become. So we have to be intentional and set boundaries and have margin. So we presented you with three problems associated with hurry. We don't want to just leave you with problems, so let us give you a couple of solutions. Uh, and it's very important. I'll begin by saying the greatest solution to the problem with hurry is learning how to model our lives after Jesus. It's interesting, in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, Jesus extends this incredible invitation, and what we have to realize is that this invitation is an invitation to a radically different way of life. I want to read it to you, but I want to read it to you from the message version. I love how it speaks here. So this is uh, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. If we were to read this uh, passage in, in most other translations, it's where we would read where Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I know for the longest, I had a bit of a hard time understanding what that really meant because I don't think in terms of agriculture, so I don't think in terms of yokes. Um, and, and if we were to think in terms of yoke in a typical sense, we would think about this wooden cross piece laid across uh, the necks of two animals to partner them together. 
Um, and that's, Jesus is talking about partnering with him, but he's not talking about the yoke in that sense. He's actually saying, um, I am inviting you to come along with me and experience an entirely different way of life. My way of life is very different. Um, and then he said, if you'll accept this invitation, you will find rest for your souls. That's so important. You will find rest for your souls. Um, John Mark Comer wrote a book called The, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. If you have never Excellent. heard about that book or if you've never read it, please get that book. It should become uh, in your library something you would read one time a year, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Um, and this is what he says. Um, Jesus' invitation to take up his yoke, to travel through life at his side, learning from him how to shoulder the weight of life with ease. He goes on to say, uh, to, to take up his yoke is to step out of the burnout of society and into a, a life of soul rest. Soul rest. If we, this radically different way of life brings us soul rest. So we're not just looking at accepting a great set of ideas, but we're, we're looking at this entirely different way of life that Jesus offers to us as a gift. And when we walk this life with him, our souls are continuously fed and our souls are at rest. Our souls are at rest. Kimmy, let me ask you, is it really possible to eliminate hurry from our lives? I think it is, and I think it's really hard. And I think it takes time, and you have to be very intentional. And a few years back, I went to this Emotionally Healthy Leadership Conference up in New York with uh, Pete and Jerry Scazzaro. And after one of the sessions, I was in a little group of people, and we were talking to Pete Scazzaro, who he is very big on silence, contemplation, solitude. And he was telling us, he said, the number one email I get, the number one complaint I get is people will email me and just say, I can't do it. I can't, I can't just sit there and be with God. I just, my mind is going like in a million directions. I just can't do it. And he said, are you kidding? He said, I always tell them, it takes years. It's, it is the hardest discipline you will ever master. It takes years and years. And I am a testament to that fact. I'll be very vulnerable. Um, when I started doing this, it was hard to do it for two minutes. Just to sit, and, you know, in addition to reading my Bible and all that, just to sit and just be with God. Just be with Him. Well, it was so challenging. You had to set a timer. I had to I'd set a timer because, you know, I would think it had been like 10 minutes and it had been like 30 seconds. You know, it, 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 like, it, it was so hard. And so I've been working on this for two and a half years. I'm up to 12 minutes on a good day. But you know what? I, as much as my mind wanders, I'll just, I look at it now instead of beating myself up or losing. I, I look at it as coming back and this is another opportunity for me to go, Jesus, I'm here. I'm just here. You know, whatever you want to say, I'm here. Or if you just want me to just sit here because sitting with you is enough. You know, it's a hard discipline. There's a story I love uh, that happened. It's a true story. In the British, during the uh, time of the British colonialism, this man, this Englishman goes to Africa, and he, uh, when he gets there by train, he hires, he wants to go into the jungle, so he hires some porters, some gentlemen, some natives, to help him carry all his supplies with him into the jungle. 
and they, they hit it hard for a day, and they, were, they traveled really hard. They're carrying all this stuff. They stop. They camp for the night. The, the night. They have a, you know, they sleep for the night. It's very, they're exhausted. In the morning, he wakes up ready to go again, and the natives that he hired, the porters, refuse to move. They won't do it. And so he begs them, and he pleads them, and they just won't budge. And he finally says, why? Why won't you get up and go? And they said, because we're waiting for our souls to catch up with our bodies. We need to let our souls catch up for our, with our bodies. A lot of us, the distance is really large between the two. And, and, and one of the ways we can do that, it's not the only way, but one of the great ways, most effective ways, is through spiritual disciplines. Um, you know, I'm just going to talk about three real quick. One is solitude. That time with the Lord, you know, reading the Bible, uh, praying, just being with him, um, moving it from the from your to-do list, your militant to-do list, to just being practiced, just making it a practice. Um, it's not about just reading his word. It's about also being with him, just learning to sit. The next is, and let me just say, I always, couldn't, I always disliked the story in the Bible about Martha and Mary. You know, Mary was the one that sat at Jesus' feet, and Martha was busy. And, and Who are you, Martha? Um, well, yeah, Martha. <laughs> but it's like I think, give Martha a break. God, at least she was busy. She was doing <laughs> stuff. Some, somebody had to do it, you know. But, but God's, like, kind of broken down my pride a little bit. And I'm like, okay, Mary's looking pretty good. I'll try to be a little bit like her. <laughs> but it, it's about being with him. Um, the next is Sabbath, and you know what Sabbath is. It's a day to rest, but I would also say in that day of rest, do something you love. Do something that feeds your soul, you know, whether it's being out in nature, exercising, being with family, whatever it is, do something that feeds your soul. The point is to develop a rhythm. When you think of Sabbath, think of rhythm. Because the way we do it in the American culture is we work, 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 work until we're exhausted and once a year we take two weeks vacation, maybe. Instead of work, 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 work until you fall apart, work six days and take a rest. Work six days and take a rest. Work six days and take a rest. And take that vacation too, but learn to have a rhythm. Um, lastly, but not certainly not least, is simplicity. Clear away your distractions. Don't be afraid to say no. A great tool I, I give to um, my clients is I'll, I'll say, do your ABCs. If it's A, absolutely, I really want to do that, then do it. Say yes. If it's B, because I love you, I'll do it. We need to do those every once in a while. You know, sometimes they don't want me to go somewhere, and I'll, I'll tell them because I love you. I'm the reason I'm going because I love you. That's it. But if inside it's C, I can't do it without resentment, you violate your integrity when you say yes, when you really don't want to do it. It's okay to say no. Your no isn't against another person. Your no is for yourself. And some of you need to do some things for yourself. Um, I'm kind of selfish. I like to do things for myself. But some of you, it's hard because you're always wanting to do for others. And it's hard to say no, and you need to say no and not feel guilty about it. So just remember, every good thing isn't a God thing. Wake up every morning, ask God what's mine to do, what's not mine to do, and spend time with him, and he'll show you which way to go with it. So based on what you've heard this morning, um, are you suffering from hurry sickness? 
Is your soul trying to catch up with your body? If so, I want you to listen to Jesus' invitation one more time. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythm of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. In Mark chapter 6, that we read earlier, uh, when the disciples were so busy that they didn't take time to eat, Jesus said, Come with me to a quiet place and get some rest. Let's let our soul find rest in Him. It is possible to eliminate hurry from our lives if we so choose to. We can say it is well with the soul. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.